welcome to Hollywood United Methodist Church. We're so glad you're here, whether you're worshiping with us in person or online. We are excited that you have chosen to be with us today. Today is Oscar Sunday, the busiest day of the year in Hollywood, and you made the journey to be with us. We're so glad you're here. Happy Sunday. Each week of this Lent season, we are focusing on ways that we can practice a countercultural theology that emphasizes the beauty and grace of the reality of life right now. Instead of waiting then with increasing judgment to reach some vision of a perfected experience, our ladder climbing efforts sometimes end up taking us down a rung or two as things don't work out right. And so let us continue to turn ladders into gardens, nurturing our souls and embracing our holy, good enough lives. God is still here, and sometimes, somehow, this faith is good enough. Please stand as you are able for our opening hymns.
out. I am so excited to look at my garden. You all, if, if you joined us online or in person last week, you remember I brought in the uh, dirt. I replanted everything. I'm really excited. Oh, this is not good. <laughs> um, this is really not good. I don't know if you can see this close up if you're joining us from home. This is no longer alive. Um, Kevin, can yeah. I talk to you a minute? Yeah. Um, so I was here last week and did, you know, the watering and replanting. Yeah. We talked, what were you supposed to do this week? Water them. Yeah, them. what happened? I meant to, I mean, like, I thought about it. Uh, last Sunday, I was like, okay, this week I'm going to get in, I'm yeah. going to take care of them, uh -huh. and then the Oscars or something, I don't know, I just, <laughs> the marathon. I mean, you managed to kill a cactus. <laughs> it's not I, a lot. I, I feel so bad, April. I just, I hate it when I do things like this. I screwed up. I didn't even want to come yeah. to church today. I, I just, I feel so bad. You took, like, you brought in the pl the pot and the dirt and you yeah, just. Yeah, because that one's no. I know, that's not good. I'm sorry. I just, I'm kicking myself. Yeah. I feel so bad. I just, should I just leave? You know what? I, I have to tell you, like, um, we, all, we all make mistakes. I came in last week, and, and I have to tell you, I didn't water them until Sunday. I came in on Sunday, <laughs> really? and, and I replanted them, and, and they look good, you know, for the service. Yeah, yeah. They might not have looked good before that, so, you know, we all make mistakes. It happens. I just, and, I hate it. I hate making mistakes. I get embarrassed. I feel bad. I feel, you know. You know I what? Just, There's still little live pieces on this really? one. And that one... You no know, this one's not too bad right here. And, and you can see there's yeah. actually some new growth some on green. that one. So I bet if we, yeah, part. pull away some of the, the, dead, the parts. dead parts. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about yeah. this one. Um, <laughs> but if we pull away some of the dead parts, I really think that we can revitalize a lot of these. We can bring them back. You think you know, so? We can work together on this. All like right. okay. Mistakes Thank you. happen all the time. And I, I appreciate you coming forward. Um, I know you were a little it was hard. I kind of had to hard. pull you over here a little bit. And this happens. We, I will try to be less hard on myself, but yeah. I will try to do what I said I was going to do. But thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you still love me. And we'll take care of these together. Yes. Okay. All right. Can, can I offer the prayer? For I us? would love that. Okay. Thank you. Good. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you that we can come to you whether we are feeling great or where, whether we are feeling terrible. If we are feeling like we have done nothing right. Uh, and everything, everything has been a misstep or a mistake. Um, you love us anyway. You call us to you regardless. I pray that you would help each of us to quiet that inner critic inside of us that is constantly criticizing what we do, how we look, what we say. By your grace, may we become more like your son in how we act and how we live and how we walk and always under your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As uh, the children and youth head out to Children's Church and Youth Group, I invite you all to stand and pass the peace of Christ to each other with a wave, a hello, a fist bump, an elbow tap. Elbow. Like
Let us join in our time of prayer, beginning with our choral call to prayer. God of forgiveness, we call out to you and you surround us with deliverance. Eternal lover of our wayward race, we praise you for your ever open door. You open your arms to accept us even before we turn to meet your welcome. You invite us to forgiveness even before our hearts are softened to repentance. You love us infinitely more than we love ourselves or we love others. Open us this day to your counsel, helping us to be more merciful, more grace-filled, so that we might rejoice in simple and good enough moments that fill our days. We offer prayer this day, O oh God, for those in our community who are in need of healing of mind, body, or spirit. We especially lift to you Ruth, Polly, Rosie, and others whom we name during these next moments of silent prayer. Oh God, we confess that some days we feel like our world is simply falling off its axle. We are horrified at the evils and atrocities that humans are capable of inflicting on others. Be with all those who are suffering in Ukraine and those who have been displaced in other nations. Allow us, in whatever ways possible, to be vessels of your love and may your peace ultimately reign on earth. Always, O oh God, allow us to keep our eyes on Jesus, our Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And good morning. It is wonderful to see all of your faces and you each deserve an Oscar for getting here this morning. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's right, that's right. 
Uh, we are now on countdown towards Holy Week. Next Sunday, April 3rd, we will be having our annual blessing of the animals. So bring your beloved um, creature with you next Sunday, and we will be glad. I will be glad to bless any dog, and Pastor Bridie will be glad to bless all of the others. I'm just saying. Uh, on April 10th is Palm Sunday. Uh, we will be having our special uh, service with the Reader's Theater of the Passion. And then uh, Monday, Thursday, we will be having a service here in the sanctuary. It will not be live streamed. It will be only here. I'm sorry, it will be at Harmony, at our other campus at Harmony to look like it will not be live streamed. It will be in person only. And then we are returning this year to two Easter services at 9 and 11 with brass and bells and it was special music and it will be a glorious day of celebration. So please mark your calendars for all of those dates. In the meantime today, you have two options for um, practicing your Lenten discipline. We have uh, note cards and thumbtacks and pens here for you to do a uh, place on the cross. And we also outside, there are petitions to help raise the minimum wage and uh, raise uh, more affordable housing in this community. So as you leave, please be sure to check out those. Finally, today will be the last day we are not passing the offering plates. So this is your last chance to, to you know, slide under that bow before you have it passed to you. But don't let that stop you from giving today or any day. There are uh, uh, little boxes in the narthex uh, on the welcome table. Please do offer of your gifts there uh, in a secure way so that we can continue to grow the ministries of this church. God bless you.
reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided the property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, and he traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have enough bread to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and he went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and he ran and he put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, and he is alive again. He is lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he said to one of the slaves, and he asked him what was going on. And he replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God.
morning. Welcome back again as we continue our sermon series, Good Enough, here during the season of Lent. Last week, we had a great sermon from Pastor Kathy giving us the hot tips on gardening. And I wanted to continue in that vein today. And I think we need some tips because look at our ladder. <laughs> now, I was born with a love of plants, something in my blood. My mom's house and yards were filled with green living things, spider plants hanging from the ceiling everywhere. She seemed natural at helping them thrive. And I inherited this love of nature. But unfortunately, I did not inherit her gifts. With no natural green thumb of my own, my attempts at gardening and houseplant parenting have been met with mixed luck at best. Most of my house looks a lot like that, so I love those little plants, and you should love them too. Trickiest for me were the perennials. So for those of you who are not gardening savvy, let me explain. There are two types of plants that are popular for planting in our gardens, annuals and perennials. Now who here can never remember the difference? That's me, I can never remember the difference. I'm like at the store, looking at the shelves, Googling, trying to remember. That's why we need a guide. Annuals are planted every year. And I think of them as no pressure gardening because they're expected to die. <laughs> they live a happy life for a season, and then they are done, and they go gracefully into plant heaven. The work needed to maintain them and to achieve success with them is pretty limited. Now, don't shoot me if you're a real gardener. I know it probably takes a lot more work, but when you are a part-time hobbyist like myself, they seem like a pretty good garden quick fix. Perennials, they take a little bit more time and a little bit more work. These are the plants that will come back year after year if given the opportunity. And with a little bit of work, you have real potential. Now you have to prepare the garden soil for them well before planting. You have to water them properly. They like a lot of water at first, but then you have to water them to what their specific kind of plant is. Some need a lot, some need a little, but you gotta know. You have to feed them. You have to do the intentional work when it's time of trimming and removing dead or damaged growth. And when winter comes, we say a hallelujah and pray that they will survive into the spring. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. It's a patience and waiting game. But if and when the perennial does return, it is a beautiful sign of new life that is coming. Now in my last parsonage, I took a stab at planting a vegetable garden with a mix of annuals and perennials. I planted the tiny baby tomatoes with care. I was so proud. I had little tubs and pots. I became obsessed with them. I fed them. I watered them. I bought them toys. I posted many obligatory pictures on Instagram and Facebook with the flowers behind me. Farmer Bridie. And this is how it started. Beautiful, right? And this is how it ended up. <laughs> Somewhere, somehow, I missed something that was needed to ensure that these plants not only started well, but they would have the chance to return for another season. The prodigal son in Luke's gospel lesson has found themselves at a crossroad in their life. After a season of promise and high living, Instagram-worthy adventures, and pleasurable pursuits, they find themselves financially, spiritually, 
and physically depleted. They have been given everything, their future inheritance, freedom to travel to new places, opportunities to plant their own seed and make a future. And instead, they find themselves in a period of famine, lost, without purpose. Life, it hasn't turned out how they expected. And the dreams of living the big life have turned out to be shallow and fractured. Maybe this resonates with you at some point in your life where you dreamed big and went hard and things did not turn out the way you imagined they would. When everything fell apart, did you have a place to return? Were you worried that you would be accepted if you went home? This prodigal child longs to return home, is hungry for what home can bring to them, but is ashamed. He knows in his heart of hearts that if he returns home, the father will have all the food, all the sustenance, all the things he needs. But he's afraid to go as he is and instead assumes that he must return as a hired hand. Better a servant than nothing at all. But when the farmer sees this returning child, he doesn't see someone with nothing to give. He doesn't see the wasted potential or the inheritance squandered that is surely living in the mind of the prodigal child. The child returning to him is not a dying crop, but a perennial struggling to return in a new spring. Maybe in need of some watering or a change of soil Maybe the dead growth that no longer serves them needs to be removed. The farmer is ready for the task and welcomes the child with love and compassion. He does not demand apologies or explanations, but instead does all that he can to restore the child's spirit, to nourish their soul, to welcome them home. The farmer, the father, is elated. It is good enough indeed that his wandering soul of a son has returned. But still, there is a third figure in the story today, one that we often overlook. The child who remained, who did all the right things, who stood by their parents' side and worked hard every day. Mary took a trip to Vegas, always on the farm. And now see a sibling who has wasted all opportunity being welcomed back with fanfare. Frankly, it stings a little bit, doesn't it? What's all the striving and ladder climbing for if someone else who doesn't even make it off the bottom rung is lifted up and celebrated? So many times in our lives, we fight this feeling of being unseen, that our gifts and contributions don't matter, no matter how high performing we are. Even when we do well, we are still wondering, is it good enough? The father has equal compassion and love for the sibling and sees his heart and his struggle to accept this return and says to him, son, you are always with me, always. And all that is mine is yours. We had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He has lost, he who has lost has been found. 
The sibling who remains has always enjoyed this love, even if they didn't know it. But he has lived his life and done his work with a sense of duty instead of with joy or a sense of wild expectation. He has put limits on his own fulfillment and separated himself from true communion with his parent. In the words of Frederick Buchner, he says, the fatted calf, the best scotch, the hoedown could have been his too any time he asked for them, except he never thought to ask for them because he was too busy trying cheerlessly and religiously to earn them. See, the trick here in this parable is that he never had to earn them. They were always his to name and to claim. What the father offers both children is not just mercy, but grace. Max Lucado offers this thought on the text. He says, the difference between mercy and grace, mercy gave the prodigal son a second chance, and grace gave him a feast. And a feast is a celebration that we can all partake in, a place for us to all come to the table and break bread and remember who we are to each other in the great kingdom of God. When you hear this familiar tale, you may see yourself in the child, the prodigal child, or perhaps in the parents, maybe in that jealous sibling, the child who remain, struggling to feel the validated. We know that the conditions in our life are never perfect, but God is waiting for us. We are invited to take root where we are, to trust, to allow God to help us grow, and we will grow, we will blossom, we will wilt, and sometimes we will fall down over and over again in our life. And in that process, we will spread new seeds. We will know moments and opportunities to find our strength, to recoup, to return, and to grow again. We do not have to carry that with us which does not serve us in our lives. We are given permission to cut out the dead growth so that new life can begin. We are always the prodigal daughter or son able to return, welcome return, to return, even if the circumstances are not perfect. And as many times as it takes for us to find new life, Yes, God is waiting for us all the time, welcoming, yearning, and inviting whoever we are in this moment. That is someone who is good enough for God, good enough to be loved, good enough to love others, good enough to be a part of God's good, beloved community. We are invited to be partners in creating this loving community. Now, it can be challenging to look at the world around us and to try to understand our role and our place in making things better when there is so much brokenness. But we can, in this moment, we are more than capable of making profound changes with very small steps. Today, you can do something small that will make a huge difference in the lives of thousands of people. If you're a registered Los Angeles voter, we invite you to take the chance to sign on a couple of petitions that we're gathering signatures on for the next few weeks. We have three. All three of these work to improve the lives of working Angelinos by strengthening protections for workers in the workplace and improving wages. 
protecting our existing housing stock from luxury housing development and expanding qualified voucher programs for empty hotel rooms for people who are unhoused for emergency overnight stays. And particularly exciting, a fund to the tune of $800 million a year to build new affordable housing and create wraparound services and programs to help people sustain that housing. You can be a part of the change with two minutes of your time on a simple signature, instead of rushing to the car and to brunch afterwards, you can plant a seed. And I invite you to meet Ana Cortez, who's outside, a longtime hotel housekeeper from the Beverly Wilshire who's been involved in these kind of struggles for years, and Matt Holm from Clue. They can answer all your questions, and they're there to help you make a change. Please make a stop on your way out. We have explored this crisis in our city, and we are responding. We are giving our gifts and our time in many different ways, and this is the way that we invite you into partnership of building the beloved community today. A simple act, one small seed planted, a perennial planted with hope and faith. We don't know when it will take root, but when it does, we know that as a community of faith, we are good enough together to help it cultivate and to make it grow so that it might return again and again to bear God's fruit in the world. Now, several years after I gave up on cultivating that container garden, even though I left the containers out front on the parsonage lawn for several years, which the gardener didn't like, I noticed a tiny plant coming up through the crack in my sidewalk out front of my house. Within a few weeks, it was quite large. And pretty soon, I realized that this plant coming out of a crack out of nowhere was a tomato. Without water or soil, a seed from my own attempting gardening years before had found its way there and returned when it was ready, when it was time. Conditions were not perfect, but it was ready to try and grow again. People don't know it, but tomatoes are a perennial, kind of like us. And kind of like us, they will keep coming back, given the opportunity. I thought that that gardening project was done. But really, it was ongoing. It just needed time and space to find the right moment to emerge and thrive. And when it did, it was certainly good enough. Amen.
Bride, not one of us stands alone in this community of faith. You are the blessed children of God. Your life is a blessing in every way that it is. And we pray that you will share your love, your seeds of hope and compassion with the world so that together we can build a garden that flourishes and brings God's justice and love to all people. Go in peace. Amen.